Welcome to the Win the 16 podcast presented by Pygon One Consulting. This is your go-to podcast on optimizing your day. The Win the 16 podcast features discussions on leadership and coaching, personal and professional development, as well as discussions on the modern work culture and engaging employees in hybrid and remote work environments. Your hosts are Dave Pygon, president of Pygon One Consulting, and his brother, Dr. Bud Pygon, anesthesiologist at the University of Illinois at Chicago. On today's episode, Dave and Bud will be doing some spring cleanup. Topics include goals, routines, habits, and grit. Thank you for listening. Welcome and thank you to listening to Win the 16 podcast. As always, thank you to Carrie and the team for the support on the podcast. Please rate, review, and follow us on any of the major podcast platforms now. We're on mostly all of them. Today's topic is going to be on goals, habits, routines, and grit. We are calling it our spring cleaning podcast. Uh, Why? It's time if we haven't yet to take a step back and evaluate our goals and habits to ensure one, we're progressing. Two, we wanna make sure Do we need to modify or eliminate any of our goals that we created, thought about back in December and early January? It's amazing, but we're already in quarter two of 2023. It's just unbelievable how quick it's gone by. Also at the very end of the podcast, Bud and I are gonna discuss for a few minutes, uh, a group of our friends that were on this big, huge text has asked us, when are you guys gonna talk about the new rules in baseball? So we're gonna have a little fun at the very, 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 very end of this to discuss that, to appease all of our group friends on uh, the text that we're in. Bud, how are you doing? Dave, I don't think I could be better. Ah, you're consistent, you're a rock. I love it, so uh, welcome. So today's topic, we're gonna to jump in goals, habits, routine, and grit. Bud, how are you doing so far this year on your goals, for 2023? You know, I didn't set any huge seismic goals, very sure. basic things. Uh, I'm pretty happy with my game plan and that was, you know, more of the same, just kind of keep doing what I'm doing. And uh, I've been doing that. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right. Yeah, but the key thing though, bud, is we've talked about it, is you've been monitoring, evaluating them, following your plan. Again, goals don't have to be monumental, but whatever they're set, They have to be something that we're checking in on. Are they the right goals? Yeah, that's a good point. And and I I don't want to be cryptic, but I had a couple things regarding work and I'm on track for those. Uh, Again, not huge, but but important given where I'm at in my phase of the career and uh, and where my department's at and and the whole healthcare thing at our hospital and a couple regarding lifestyle and uh, family stuff. Uh, right in line with and same thing with uh diet and exercise so i'm i'm good i'm uh, i'm pretty good yeah and i love yeah you use you use the word cryptic which is awesome i love that your key though bud is you're checking in on your goals again whether they're monumental or not you're following your plan and you're continuing to see where you're at how you're progressing are you not progressing And that's a big piece of today's podcast is we have all the best intention to set these goals at the beginning of the year, December, January, and it's that whole checking in. So I- Can I interrupt you too? I think that's a huge point. Um, 
because I kind of felt at the end of January, February, I was slacking off a little bit. My motivation wasn't strong. And I used Lent as a time to sort of recenter myself and refocus on a couple of things uh, as sort of my Lenten sacrifice, have you will, for those 40 days. And that was, that's been very successful. And so that is kind of in your point about checking back in and re-looking at how you're doing and finding new motivations to keep moving forward. I use this podcast as my check-in for myself. So it, the timing was great. It was time I checked back in, see where at. So I wrote a couple things down uh, from a granular standpoint. So maybe this will just help people to see how granular you might need to get. First, the business. I changed some of my strategy with the book coming out. And why, what I mean by that is I changed my strategy to match some of the marketing that I will be doing with the book. I didn't know how fast the book was going to progress. So my business plan changed now so that those two would be in sync. I also modified for the business, my referral base, bud, versus what I like to call the cold calling. And that doesn't mean I'm pounding the phone, it's just cold calling, but that aren't coming in from referral, first introductions. And I modified that and the percentages on my business plan. The book, based on the marketing and the strategy and the analytics and the data that I'm receiving from the people that I'm working with on this project, I've increased the goal for sales by 20% to what the goal was going to be that I set in back in December and in January with that data. I've also now have an ambassadors team that we created. It's gonna be 25 people that are gonna help sell and market the book with all the other strategies. Based on all of that, uh, the sales should be, we're believing at least 20% higher. So I'm getting real granular here because I wanted people to realize that what we set in December and early January for goals are great, but things change so, so rapidly in the world we live in. If we're checking up and we're looking at what our priorities are and we're looking at what the data is telling us, not only that day, but what it's telling us for the next week, next month, next quarter, it's critical we adjust. Uh, personally, I finished uh, my January outdoor workout challenge. So for February, I, I thought my next challenge was going to miss. I realized I probably need to get back in the pool a lot more, and I probably need to get back to more of my CrossFit stuff. So in February and March, I made those changes for my own personal health love lifestyle. Hopefully that granular piece gets everyone thinking about their own situations and it's helpful. So, but I thought we could share some steps for people, how to help them actually achieve their goals and take them back. And I'm going to go through them pretty quickly. Some I think might jump right out at people and some might be thought provoking. Realistic goals for your life and work should be in succinct. What you and I are talking about that for, for everybody is if we don't have alignment with our personal and our work goals and alignment, what I mean by that is it's very difficult for our personal life not to flow into our work life. And conversely, it's very difficult for our work life not to flow into our personal life. So having realistic on both is critical to achieve both if we're honest with ourselves and evaluating that to be ultimately what we always talk about with Win the 16 is being our best self. 
setting action steps and specific plans to hit the goal and adjusting them. Doing something every day to reach those goals. Again, doing something every day to reach those goals. Monitoring ourselves. When it fails, this is where your accountability partner is critical. Because when I said monitor, I actually meant motivate. And it's imperative that we motivate ourselves. But you and I talked about this a bunch. Motivation is not always there. And that's when our accountability partner, coach, whoever it is, can really help us. Also, I think on the first podcast, Bud, you were the one who said you rely more now on habits than you do on goals um, over the years. Now, as you as you've progressed and aged, you said you you're more on the habit side than you are on the goal side with the discipline, and that's critical because motivation's not always going to be there. So, but do you want to touch? This might be a perfect time. You and I have been reading lately about habits versus routines. This might be a great time for you to discuss that. You want to jump in there, uh, habits versus routine? Sure. And I, I want to comment on the part about habits I focus on more because I have agency over my habits. Sometimes I set goals now that I don't have 100% control over achieving because they involve other people. They involve circumstances. Um, they involve how people respond to them and what happens at work and things that are beyond my control. So, so I, I focus more on the agency part of the habits that I can do to that I can control to sort of achieve those goals. So with that said, habits work by generating an impulse to do a behavior with little or no conscious thought, right? Habits are a type of learning. By forming a habit, the brain frees the mind to do other things. Um, behaviors that require concentration, deliberation, or extended effort are not habits. Um, if habits, behaviors that require conscious thought, like cleaning your apartment or journaling, um, you know, your daily goals or things like that, that's more of a routine. Uh, routines are really a sequence of actions that are regularly followed. Um, one way to distinguish the two, I think, are habits feel uncomfortable when we don't do them. Uh, and routines, it's in many ways, are the exact opposite. Um, we don't feel a level of uncomfortableness if we don't do our routine of, like you say, you know, cleaning, you know, your apartment once a week or what have you. So I think that's a, one of the ways to distinguish uh, the difference between habits and routines. I think that I never thought about it at this granular of a level, level bud, until you and I started reading some articles and discussing habits versus routine. One of the one that resonated with me, the example they gave, I thought I'd share that with everybody on habits versus routine. If you get up at six o'clock in the morning every day and you alarm goes off, you hit it and you jump out of bed and you are off and running to your day, however you define running, that is a habit. A routine would be this. If that alarm goes off, you hit it, and you go, oh man, do I, should I get up right now? Or do I have a couple more minutes? Do I, can I lay in bed? Do I hit the snooze button? You are now making a conscious thought. You're making conscious decision on what to do. And inevitably you are always jumping out of bed at that moment. 
that would be defined as a routine. To me, that really helped spell the difference between the two. And it's that conscious versus unconsciousness. So I just thought I'd throw that out there because when I read the, an article, that was the one that really put it all together for me. Because again, like many of our podcasts and many of our discussions, some of the stuff I never really thought about at that granular of a level of habit versus routine. Anything else on that one, bud? No, I think that's a really good distinction. Okay, great. Uh, last thing on goals, review your goals weekly. Checks and balances is critical. The monthly is probably a bigger check-in and quarterly is probably even a bigger check-in because again, things change in our lives, our priorities change. And that is when we might need to eliminate a goal. We might need to modify, add, and that's that critical piece. And that's why we call today the spring cleaning episode because this is the time that we need to take a check in if we have not, if we're not doing that weekly, monthly, quarterly checks and balance to see where we're at, what do we need to do? So bud, the other topic, one of the other topics we wanted to discuss today was grit. You and I are huge Angela Duckworth fans. We, we loved her book, Grit. Uh, grit is, to, to me at least, that's passion, perseverance, uh, for meaningful goals. It's when we really dig deep and continue pushing to achieve, to reach our goals. And that's even if we're tired, we're not motivated, we're not inspired that, that day. To me, it's that authentic commitment. I go back to a couple podcasts ago when we had Nick Wisher, the co-founder of Yoke, when he brought up grit and that was the reason he got on the field at Notre Dame, that whole grit piece. Again, grit can be trained and it can be developed. It is something we can work on. We've got some ways that people can increase it, bud, on grit. Is there anything you want to communicate or did I miss so far as we've started this topic? No, I'm going to let you go through some of the things because the thing I, I want to add is okay, right. less important, um, sure. but is less meaningful without the things you're going to say. So grit Again, like many, if not all the things in Win the 16, this is something that we can develop and we can be trained on. So here's some things that I thought I'd share with you all. And that is one, pursuing your interests when possible. We're all more likely to do the hard stuff and do things that we are interested in. And also I'd like to add in things that are a priority to us. If it's a priority and or it's something that we're highly interested in, we are more apt to be gritty or grittier. So that's one. Two, it's an oldie but goodie. We were raised on this, bud. Practice, practice, and practice. Gritty people want to get better. And we all, when we're honest with ourselves, know if we practice, we get better. We, we just do. Three, connecting to a higher purpose. Reflecting what we are doing can help others. Again, connecting, connect to a higher purpose. Four, cultivating hope. Having that belief, needing to believe it's possible if we can keep pushing. That one's a big one for me. I think about that one in many aspects of my life. 
that one helps me be gritty, bud, is that hope. I think about it all the time. It could be with the book. It could be with the company, uh, our podcasts, uh, my lifestyle. That hope gets me through a lot of different things. Uh, next one, surrounding ourselves with gritty people. I love that one. I, I believe you are who you associate and hang around. I know we've told our kids that forever, and we were taught that way. But you, when you're around gritty people, you know that are doing the hard stuff. You spend time with the Nick Wishers of the world, and uh, I have the benefit of time. You know, I find you being extremely gritty, bud. That's helpful for me. I, I look at a bunch of my friends. Most of them are pretty gritty and tough people, and, and that's helpful to me. They 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 put raise me up to a higher standard. Last one, visualizing the end. If you can think about the end, it helps you to get through that grittiness, that hard stuff. Whatever your priority is, you're trying to, you're running a corporation or business out there and there's certain goals you have, you tend to be more gritty when you can see, touch, feel what the end will look like if you continue to pursue it and move forward. I know it's very common, this might be a stereotypical one, but a lot of times at the beginning of the year, going back to goals, people have these lifestyle or health goals. I, I want to lose a little bit of weight or whatever have you. If they can look, visualize what it will be in a month, three months, six months, it might help them to be grittier and to continue to work on that tough challenges. For instance, we talked about earlier, saying no to mom's coconut cream pie, which is outstanding. It might help us to be a little grittier or eat less of it. So hopefully that gives everyone some ideas on to help them on their own gritty learning development. Anything else, Bud, before we move on? Yeah, I think it's a great list uh, and they all ring true. Um, you know, I've been blessed. I, I've always enjoyed practice. Uh, and if it's that, I don't know, that desire to get better or wanting to get better or the competitiveness in, um, but the, how that's important. The hope is huge. You have to have a belief and a confidence that it is possible that you can get better. Surrounding yourself with gritty people, you're gritty, um, you're incredibly helpful. Um, you do become, people are chameleons and they do become the surroundings. And so being around gritty people is huge. Obviously the visualization, that's much like, you know, if you can see the end, it's easier to keep pushing. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to add is there, you know, try to work fun into it. It's not all about rise and grind, mm. right? This, you know, and I'm blessed because sure. I don't find this to be, you know, just grinding me, uh, even though, you know, grit sort of implies some of that, um, you know, work some fun into it, um, try to have some fun with it. And it makes it easier, I think, to be gritty. And I think there's a fine line with that. There are things that we're all doing in our personal lives and in our work life. It's not fun. And you just have to grit it out. You have to grind and you have to get through it that that's just life I, I think we're all trying to teach that to our kids we're trying to teach that generally speaking anybody that that's just part of being successful you have to do some of that dirty stuff hard stuff not fun stuff what you're saying though is imperative there has to be something in their fun too there has to be some enjoyment and i think that's where that whole interest if you can pursue things that you're interested in you're more apt to be gritty on some of the hard stuff because even your interests, there are going to be things in there that are not great. I'm sure you and I are huge sports guys. I'm sure when we talk to professional athletes, 
they would say, yeah, there's part of my job that is not great and we don't love to do. So why don't we, Bud, take a quick break and when we come back, we'll dive into a couple more things. Thank you for listening to Win the 16. If you're an individual or an organization contemplating personal and professional development, reach out to Pygon One Consulting to have a discovery conversation regarding how we can help you and your business. Please visit our website at pygonone.com to start your journey. Welcome back to Win the 16 podcast. So I'm going to recap again. Today was going to be a, a shorter podcast because we are just wanting to do what we call our spring cleaning and bring up goals. Are we checking in, sharing some ideas about grit, talking about routine versus habit, and hopefully differentiating those for everybody. But before we finish the podcast on our baseball conversation for all of our buddies on not only baseball fans out there, but our, our friends on our group text message that we're in. Anything else you want to touch on the grittiness or goals, habits or routines before we finish off on our baseball topic today? You know, again, I think this is a, like you say, kind of a spring cleaning and we'll probably revisit this in three months just to help people continue to think about where they started, where they're at and where they want to go to. Uh, and the things you laid out here, the six, seven steps are helpful to get people to reconnect with how to be successful on achieving their goals. Amen. And everyone be ready for another one on goals and habits, because we really believe with win the 16, they're just imperative to get where you want to go. We, we, we have all the best intentions. We're just all trying to help all of us, including Bud and ourselves. So we're all moving forward. Now, Bud, we're jumping into a, uh, our, our baseball topic that we've been asked to talk about for the past month. So we're finally giving in peer pressure. So baseball has had some changes this year and uh, we're gonna go over for five to seven minutes some of the new baseball, new rules that have popped up in the world. And uh, you and I are big baseball fans. Before we jump in, we probably should declare our alliances, who we are as being Southside Chicago wins. Bud, who's your favorite baseball team? White Sox. Yes, I am as well. What's your uh, take on the Cubs? I don't know who they are, actually. Okay. I'm a little nicer than my brother is when it comes to Cubs versus Sox. I am a huge Sox fan. That's who I cheer for but I don't have the disdain or dislike the Cubs. I don't know if you have a dislike for them. It's more you don't care. They're like the Reds to me or the Royals. Inconsequential to any Rockies. They're like the Rockies. Yeah, they're nothing to you. No. Yeah, I don't – I'd rather have the Cubs win than the Pirates, so it's good for the city. I, I guess maybe I get caught up in that a little bit, but clearly I'm a White Sox, true blue, diehard. Yeah, that's a great distinction too because – I could care less if the Cubs win versus the Pirates. Yes. Right. I'd rather see it. And it's not just for Mulk and some of our friends that are Cubs fans too, and Eddie, and we've got a few of them packs out there. So a couple of the rules that uh, we thought we'd share. The pitch timer, uh, the pitch clock now that they have. The goal 
with MLB, the reason they did that, and I know Theo Epstein, who's big here in Chicago and probably nationally, most people know Theo Epstein, who's a big part of making these changes, was to increase the pace, the pace and speed of the game. Last year's last year in the minor leagues, where they were using this new pitch clock, this new rule, the games were shortened by 25 minutes. This year in spring training, 2023, the MLB games on average were shorter by 20 minutes this year than there were through, through spring training. So clearly this clock is working. The rule is pitchers have to pitch the ball within 15 seconds with no runners on base and 20 seconds when they have runners on base. If they don't for either, it's an automatic ball. Also, pitchers can only step, step off the rubber twice per batter, which includes pickoffs. The third time, it's an per batter that is it's an automatic balk there's a little bit of rules for the hitters too for this clock management piece and that is they have to be in the batter's box ready to hit within eight seconds if not it's an automatic strike also batters only get one timeout per at bat i know this is a big one for you but on the rules yeah, so start off, I like change and I like, so I, I think it's great that baseball is recognizing that they have an issue. Um, you know, when I was going to games in the 70s, games were routinely two hours long. Now they've grown to be routinely over three hours um, and it's still nine innings. So they've gotten 50% longer with frankly less action. Um, and so, and if you look compared to what hockey's done, what basketball's done and what football's done in those 40 years and how they've changed the rules to make it more interesting fan-friendly, uh, more offensive, frankly, most of the time. Um, I think it's about time baseball caught up. This one we're going to go through is the most important to me because it's the one that's most likely to shorten the game. There was a great thing online recently in the Royals playoffs in 2016-18, whenever it was, they showed Zach Granke throw a pitch. Yes. <laughs> then they ran the Kentucky Derby before he threw his next pitch. So they had the two scene sequence, right? Where they're lining the horses up, Granky throws a pitch, the horses go, they run, they finish the derby, and then Granky throws his next pitch. I mean, it's no wonder people aren't watching and paying attention. Um, yeah, so, so anything they can do to improve that, I'm a big fan of. So I like this rule. And Bud, when you I'm so glad you brought that example up too, because you and I laughed about that one, and you painted the visualization so beautifully. It's not that we want the games to end faster. We want more action. And by this new rule, you're getting more action and you're shortening the games, which means if we're investing X, Y, and Z, we're getting more bang for our buck for those two hours, 220, whatever have you. Yeah, if they just wanted to shorten the games, they could cut it to six innings. Yes. Right, and then you go from three and a half hours to the two hours that I grew up with. So that's not the, the point is, is there's been more and more of these kinds of delays where yes. you're running a Kentucky Derby in between pitches. Oh, I, that's, it's it was, Isn't that great? I yeah, mean, I, was, yeah, I think that lays, I mean, that says all you need to know about yes. why that needed to change. Yes. Two more restrictions on the defensive shifts. The goal here was to get more hits. Again, restrictions on the defensive shifts in the infield. The goal is more hits. Last year in the MLB hitter, hitters hit on average 243. That was the lowest batting average since 1968, which was 237. The, in, the rule now is all four infielders have to be in the infield 
two players have to be right of second base and two players have to be left of second base prior to the pitcher releasing the ball to the batter. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much of an effect this has. In spring training, they've already shown, right, I think the Red Sox who are more analytically minded uh, for some of these incredibly dominant pull hitters, left-handed hitters. They move their left fielder over to right field. Yes. So instead of having the second baseman play the short right field position that the shift had been, they moved the left fielder there uh, and then moved the center fielder over a little bit to left center and basically gave up uh, that area of the field because they know these guys just don't hit the ball there. Uh, and just to note, 68 is important. The offense was so low that year, so poor, that that's the year they lowered the mound four inches. Yes. Right. To change. Great call out. So, so they're making the connection between 2022 and 1968 for the pitching dominant years with rule changes to try to increase offense in action and activity. At the same time, too, trying to shorten the game. It's, it's really a little bit interesting. Yes. Yes. The last uh, major rule change, larger bases. The goal, they said, was to reduce injuries because there, there were some injuries, the bases. Uh, the other one, though, I think is going to be increase in stealing, too. The, uh, and potentially, we'll see when the data fully comes out. Uh, some of the data already on the base paths are showing in spring training this year, there's been 2.3 stole, more stolen base attempts in the MLB with an 80.8% success rate versus last year in spring training for the MLB, there was 1.53 stolen base attempts with a 73% success rate. So more people this spring tried to steal a base and the success rate was 7% higher. So significant. In 2022 spring training games, there were 300 total stolen bases in 268 games. Wow. Now the data I'm going to share with you for this year in 223 is only for 170 games. So almost a hundred less, there have been 316 stolen bases. So in almost a hundred less games, there were 16 more stolen bases. So that's why when I set up above the goal with the larger bases was to reduce injuries from the MLB, but also I believe the data, at least early on, is showing more people are trying to steal bases. And when I say the larger bases, the old bases were 15 inches. The new base size is now 18 inches. So uh, definitely a bigger size. Anything in this one, bud? Yeah. So, you know, there's 90 feet between bases. So what they've done is reduce the distance between the bases by six inches or half a foot in an attempt to encourage stealing. Um, if these numbers hold... Um, you know, with analytics, and I, I'm not a huge stolen base guy because I'm more of an analyst guy, and, it, and it's just been shown that it's not really advantageous for offense. It actually harms your ability to 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 score run, not increases it. But you, in, if you're at less than an 80% success rate, so if you're at 80%, it actually does increase your chances of scoring. So if this holds out, this could be a game changer for offense. Uh, and you can see why last year at a 73%, 75% is about the break-even rate, meaning it didn't help you or it didn't hurt you. Um, so at a 73%, overall, trying to steal bases was hurting teams' ability to score offense. Uh, at an 80.8%, it will be helping teams. So if that ends up 
holding throughout the year, there certainly will be more stolen bases and more offensive, more offense, i.e. more run scored. So that'll be good for the game as well. Bud, you, I, and the kids are big fans of the author Michael Lewis, who wrote Moneyball, which discusses analytics and baseball in detail. They also did a movie called Moneyball, starring Brad Pitt, which we all enjoyed too. I believe if stolen base success rate is above that 80%, teams will steal more, especially the atrocious hitting teams that need to find a way to score some more runs. Last couple questions before we end our podcast today. Do our White Sox make the playoffs in 2023 this year, bud? No. I'm the optimist. The, if everyone hasn't noticed, I am the ultimate positive optimist. Pollyanna. Uh, the Sox will make the playoffs and win the division. It's not that good this year. Uh, Cubs make the playoffs. No, not good enough yet. No, they're not good enough. The Cardinals are going to win that division. Yeah. World Series prediction. Who do you got? Uh, yeah, I knew you were going to ask that. That, I, that I'm not as comfortable. I don't know. I'm going to take the Braves to hold off the Dodgers again. And in the American League, I am going to take, uh, boy, oh boy, oh man, I'm going to go with my Tampa Bay Rays. I love the Rays. Oh, that's fantastic. I am going to go with the Toronto Blue Jays. Oh, that's a good pick. Yeah. And I didn't mean to put pressure on you. You being the critical thinker off the disc, I didn't give you enough time to do your analytics and work on that. I am sure in a week from now, you're going to call me or text me and say, I am going to tell him a podcast and changing my prediction. So I, I know you. So everyone, I'm forewarning you, a, a, his real prediction will come out. I didn't give him enough time on this. I have the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, I have them this year in the World Series playing the San Diego Padres. Oh, I like so that. I'm, I'm going a little bit. I was thinking the Braves, but since you said it, you, I'm going to take. I'm not going to go the Braves route. So, but I was thinking the Braves. Yeah, my thinking. I, I went anti guys who just spent a ton of money on free agents in teams that more <laughs> soundly built their franchises based on analytics. Well, you just named the Padres there because they're yeah. the ones spending all the money. In the and world. the Mets too. And the Mets. The Mets spent a ton of money. Well, everybody, thank you for listening to Win the Sixteen podcast today. Thanks for listening to our spring cleaning. And then at the end, thanks for us, allowing us to have a little bit of fun, especially with our baseball friends and our group test of uh, guys that are all in this. We look forward to our next podcast with you. As always, thank you for listening. Please win the 16, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Win the 16 podcast presented by Pygon One. Please follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcast. Episodes will be released every other Wednesday at 7 a.m. Central Time. Thank you and go win the 16.